another edition of the Second and Goal Fantasy Podcast. I'm Calvin, your host here with your co-host, Chris, the fantasy expert. And in today's show, we have a best and worst value show for you today. So we're trying to prep you for your fantasy draft for 2020. And as we get into the month of May, the fantasy drafts are getting closer and closer. And so we're going to start giving out some new podcasts every single week about uh, various things that have more to do with your draft. And we'll start here with values. So with values, we're going to try to give you the guys that you should try to draft at the best spots, the guys who are going underrated, the guys who are dropping, and also the guys you should avoid, the guys that don't have very good value and won't perform up to their average draft position. And as we know, today is May 4th, the day when we're recording this is May 4th. So Chris, uh, may the 4th be with you. Yeah, you too, Calvin. I mean, I've never been the biggest Star Wars fan, but I know some people cherish this holiday. Some people, it's their Christmas. And I mean, this is just a fun holiday overall. Yeah, it's a fun thing to talk about. And we will have a fun Star Wars draft later for you. Um, nothing, Not to do with football, but it'll still be fun anyway for all you Star Wars fans out there. Um, I know there's a lot, obviously. But we will get started. And so... First off, um, we are sort of going through some changes in the, uh, this, for this podcast, some changes uh, that aren't too big of changes, but we're trying to get on a better schedule for you guys. We're trying to get you your podcast at the same time each week, and so we will move to once-a-week podcast coming out each Monday afternoon, Monday evening, and so we're going to try to do that for you guys every single week so that you know when our podcast is going to come out. During the season, we'll probably transition to a Tuesday or Wednesday podcast with a waiver wire section on our site, but for now, we're giving you your podcasts once a week, every Monday, and you can count on us to deliver fantasy knowledge. Um, also, before we get into it, some sad piece, of, sad piece of news. Don Shula, the former coach of the Miami Dolphins and the winningest coach in NFL history, has passed away at age 90. He died peacefully in his home. As we said, he won the most games for a coach in NFL history. He coached the team, Miami Dolphins, with the only undefeated season in NFL history, 17-0 in 1972. Chris, this is certainly a sad thing to hear. And, um, I mean, he was one of the greats in NFL history. Yeah, I mean, this is so sad. He was recognized as probably the greatest coach in NFL history. I mean, he kind of shaped football and kind of spread it throughout the world. Everyone knew his name. I mean, obviously, he was the first guy to have that perfect season. No one has done it since. I mean, the Patriots got close, but they were stopped by the Giants in the Super Bowl. And, uh, I mean, it's just we're going to miss him. He was a great guy. Yeah, for sure. And a great coach, too. So um, let's get into it. And so uh, we're going to get into our values. And so we've got um, some values. Chris and I have developed some best values and some worst values at different positions. And for quarterback, we've got two um, best and two worst for each of us. And running back and wide receivers, three. Depends on the position, really, how many we've got, the depth of the position. By the way, our post-draft rankings, we are working on them right now. I've released my positional rankings I'll be working on my overall rankings Chris's positional rankings will come out very soon so you'll have all that on the site sites.google.com slash view slash second and goal fantasy where you can find that um so let's get into it and so we've got obviously as I said QB values right here and so Chris has got two and I've got two and Chris will start so Chris who is your um one of your best QB values in this draft and who are you looking for to get you that uh, kind of I don't want to say value again, but that kind of value at the position where he's dropping farther than you think he should. Yeah, and that guy, the the best value in this entire – or not entire draft, at well, entire draft at the QB position is going to have to be Ryan Tannehill. I mean, I'm finding him as not even a QB two, so I think that is re- that's a really a surprise to me. I think that 
he's being so underdrafted and he's dropping so far in leagues. I mean, I've been able to get people like Russell Wilson and then still end up getting Ryan Tannehill as my backup quarterback. So he's really a guy to watch out for. And if your draft kind of shapes out in a way that you're not ending up with a top quarterback, always be looking for Ryan Tannehill because he's not going to be drafted very high and his ADP is very low. Yeah, I do like Ryan Tannehill next year. I think the main worry for him is touchdown regression because he had an absurd touchdown rate last year. But even with that, I feel like he was in the elite tier for late last season. And so even if he drops off a little bit, I still feel like he's got enough value in 2020 to where, like Chris said, he is a guy who you can find um, at a good ADP and a good spot and a a spot you're comfortable with. Um, Mm -hmm. Mine, oh, go ahead. Yeah, and we've seen that he has that boomer bust potential as well. I mean, he did so well in just that short time that he played last year. I mean, he was a pro bowler, and he didn't even play the full season. He's kind of really stepped onto the stage and proved that he still has something left because we didn't really see that in him when he was with the Dolphins. So I think he's a really good guy to look for. Yeah, I have some reasons why, but I will not share them for fear of um, offending a certain head coach who is now in New York. Um we have, which we have talked about a lot and we don't need to say again, but my, one of my good QB values, I actually think Joe Burrow is going to be a good value this draft. And I think rookies with their uncertainty can always wind up being good values in draft. And Burrow is no exception because he's got Joe Mixon as running back, a very talented guy who has even put up production behind bad offensive lines. He's got AJ Green, who's a star wide receiver, even as he ages. John Ross is a great deep threat. Obviously, Tyler Boyd is there as a nice number two. T. Higgins is there as a nice compliment. So I think he's got the weapons to produce in Cincy. I just think and he, I think he's got the talent as well. And because of the uncertainty about being a rookie, I don't know if he'll be drafted very high. So I like him as a solid QB2 candidate, and people might not be willing to pay that price, which means that I think that he could be a good value. Although if his draft stock rises, uh, that could end up making him not as great of a value, although he'd still be a good pick. Yep. Okay, and my second best value at quarterback is Kirk Cousins because I've been finding him not even – being drafted. I have him as my number 12 QB. I think he's a borderline QB one. I think that he's really going to progress this year. And I think we've slowly seen that kind of curve, as you could say, start to go up. And I think this year is where it really starts to head up. And then in a few years, we'll see it start to drop. But at the moment, I think that he's really undervalued. I think that he's a top quarterback, actually, in this league. And that offense has so much potential. I mean, he has Dalvin Cook to open up the field, obviously. He has Adam Thielen. I do think the loss of Stefan Diggs is going to hurt him, but I still really like him next year. Yeah, I think I do like Cousins, although I wouldn't say as much, quite as much as you. I just think because that offense doesn't pass enough. I don't know, in my opinion, I don't know if he will be able to put up the numbers based on his attempts. But I still think since they decided to start passing more of the Vikings later in the season, I think that if he continues that, he could be a solid player. And obviously, Chris, I like Ron Tannehill and Kirk Cousins, but you probably like them both more. So I'm going to ask you, who would you rather have on your fantasy team in 2020? Just straight up, Ryan Tannehill or Kirk Cousins? Oh, Ryan Tannehill by far. Yeah, I thought, I thought you might say that, but I just wanted to check and see. Because it could be an interesting question for some people, depending on how you see his Ryan Tannehill's touchdown rate going down. Um, my second value is Russell Wilson, who was mentioned earlier by Chris as a top quarterback you can get. And I feel like he sort of is the odd man out. And the guy, the one guy in the elite tier who just gets left out, not sort of the name guy, where it's like, oh, you've got Dak Prescott, who's got all these wide receivers, and who is my number three QB? Oh, you got Kyler Murray, who just acquired DeAndre Hopkins and has that insane rushing ability. You've got Deshaun Watson, who can just do it all and carry a team on his own. 
Russell Wilson doesn't really fit all of those three. I think the one he would most fit is sort of Deshaun Watson's carrying a team. But his fantasy value can sometimes be underestimated. And he was a top-tier QB last year, ahead of guys. I believe he was ahead of Deshaun Watson in fantasy points. So I think that he can be that guy who sticks – he's going to be that guy who sticks around in the top tier and isn't the most exciting but could outproduce guys like Murray or Watson. Um, what do you think, Chris, about Wilson? Yeah, I would totally agree with Wilson. Wilson is a guy that I actually have above Dak Prescott. I really like Wilson next year. I mean – he had an MVP caliber season this year, and I think that'll continue next year. Yeah, I think I have Prescott at number three, but I might move. I think I'm going to move Wilson ahead of Kyler Murray at number four um, because I think Kyler didn't have the strongest finish to last season, and it's not guaranteed whether he'll break out yet or not, although I still do like him next year. Um, but we'll move on to running backs. And uh, Chris and I have obviously put together three running backs who we like uh, as good values. Chris is a sort of near closer to the bottom of the draft, except uh, two of them are. One of them is not. And mine is just the opposite. Two of them are higher in the draft and one of them is not. So it's sort of a good mix and match here. And uh, Chris, who is your good RB value, your first good RB value this year? My first is Ronald Jones. And I think that, I don't think he's a stud. I don't think he's a guy that you're going to see be someone that really breaks out this year. But I do think he's a guy that's going a little bit too far down. I think that offense has a lot of potential. And I think that'll really help Ronald Jones next year. So I think that it's not necessarily a case of I think he's going to break out, but I just think he's being undervalued a little. Yeah, I think he is being undervalued, except the thing I would worried about is, be worried about is Keyshawn Vaughn, who the Buccaneers just drafted. And I think Vaughn won't completely take over from Jones. And while Jones may be in a timeshare, I think people may overestimate this as Jones isn't getting the ball because they just drafted a rookie RB. I don't think that's happening. So I don't love him as a starting guy. And I think he'll be in a timeshare, but I think he's still a value anyway and a guy who will score many more fantasy points than some guy later that you could find at that draft position. Um, so I do like the pick as a value. I just don't love it as a starting caliber uh, pick. My first value is Joe Mixon. And obviously he is planning to hold out this year. I don't know if that will come to much. Usually it does not with these holdouts, but I think he's so talented. And with the addition of Joe Burrow and T Higgins, quarterback and wide receiver who can really open up lanes for him um, in the hole, and they can't really stack the box as much anymore against Cincinnati. So I think Mixon could be on his way to a great season. And with his pass catching ability, which is pretty good, I think that that can keep him afloat as maybe even close to a top five RB. That would be a bold prediction I would have. Chris, do you like Mixon next year? Yeah, I do. I don't like him as much as you do, Calvin, but I do like him next year. Yeah, I think and then, he's a guy who's going undervalued, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so- my, my second is uh, Latavius Murray. And I think that I've had him on my team for multiple years now. And Latavius Murray always seems to just chip away at Alvin Kamara's workload. And then there are some games where I've just seen him break out. He seems to be a solid runner. I think Alvin Kamara is just more of a star. So that's why he's getting more of the playing time. But I do think that when Murray's in the game, he has really good fantasy value. So obviously if something happens to Alvin Kamara, or even if Alvin Kamara is still there and he's just not showing up the way that he, we've seen him be able to, like, I mean, last year, Kamara, he was just struggling so much last season. I mean, I also had him on uh, Kamara on my team and I, there were points in the year when I took him out of my lineup and sometimes it works one week it didn't, but and sometimes I would replace him with Latavius Murray and it would go just fine. So I think he's a guy that you can look for later in the draft as a value. 
Yeah, like t- there's two types of handcuffs. One that's like injuries, like Alexander Madison, who is also talented, but he backs up Dalvin Cook, who is very injury prone. And the other type is a guy who's actually like v- very getting lots of carries and being very efficient, which Latavius Murray is. And I think he's he's not only like obviously he's getting a decent amount of touches, so it's almost like he's in a timeshare with Alvin Kamara, which he kind of is. And since he's being efficient enough, he'll have the games where he's decent. And then if Kamara gets hurt, I love that potential for a running back in the Saints offense, just all alone getting all the carries besides like a couple for Taysom Hill. So I think he's one of the better handcuffs. And yeah, Chris, I think he could end up being a good value next year. Uh, My next good value is Austin Eckler. And I think because Austin Eckler hasn't had very many games where he starts and gets all the workload, people doubt him. But his pass catching ability is crazy. I believe he was second in running back receptions last year to Christian McCaffrey. So I think that just elevates his value so much, especially in today's NFL, especially in half point PPR points per reception, which we cover. So I think Eckler could go undervalued because of the lack of the workload that we've seen from him. But I think he's talented enough to handle a big workload and he's underrated between the tackles. Yeah. And my third guy is Chris Carson. I think that he really holds a lot of value in that really good Seahawks offense. I mean, I think he's a guy that is right, is knocking on the on the door of the elite tier of running backs because he's not there just yet. But I do think that by the time next year's draft comes around, he'll, he's a guy that we'll be talking about, about being just at the back end of that elite tier. So that's why I have him as a good value this year. Yeah, it's sort of the guy, he might be the guy you forget about who is sort of like a solid RB2, maybe high-end RB2 candidate for next year. Um, the fumbling issues is the main thing for me, but I still think he can come past that because he is very talented and the Seahawks have trusted him before, even through fumbles. Um, my last uh, value is Philip Lindsay. And I don't necessarily love him as a player next year, but I think that he will be able to eat away at touches for Melvin Gordon. And I know the Broncos obviously signed Melvin Gordon to be their lead back because they paid him so much, but Philip Lindsay is so, is very good. He's a, such a good player and he's never gotten the full amount of touches. So I think he could sneak in some more, from Melvin Gordon and possibly be one of the better handcuffs next year for the Broncos. And maybe a guy that not very exciting, not a guy you should trust in a starting role, obviously, but a guy that you could get at a good spot for a handcuff. Um, Chris, do you, what do you think about Lindsay? I'm actually not very high on Lindsay. I think that Melvin Gordon is a, is a lot better than people think. I'm, I actually, I won't say that because his yards per carry actually has been really good, but he's really good in the red zone. And I don't think that Philip Lindsay really fits into that offense. They drafted a lot of receivers, so I don't see them really focusing as much or t- looking to a receiving running back as much just because they'll have receivers going everywhere. And then they have Melvin Gordon now. So I just, I'd actually have him as a guy that I don't really like his value. Yeah, I think I see what you mean about Gordon. And Gordon, to be fair, did run behind some bad offensive lines. But I just feel like it's not a detriment. It's not a slight against Gordon's talent to involve Philip Lindsay in the offense. It's just that Philip Lindsay, I feel like, is good enough where he can get a couple extra touches and uh, maybe make an impact a little big, much a little bit bigger of an impact than he might uh, that people might think. So we'll move on to wide receivers. And Chris, we will start with you. Who is your uh, top wide receiver value? Uh, this year. Now I'm actually going to have to uh, put all three of these guys together because I consider them the three D's, the three D's to a a good fantasy draft. If you can get these receivers, man, your team will be nice. And this is just, this is a whole group of guys that are being undervalued at the moment. It's DJ Moore, Devontae Parker, and Darius Slayton. I mean, they, they're just being undervalued so much. And it just, 
pains me to see people passing on them in drafts because I know how much potential they have. I mean, DJ Moore, I've talked about all year. I mean, he has so much potential next year. We really saw him. Uh, I can't remember the other day. It was some cra- – oh, uh, I'm trying to remember. There was some crazy stat about – and it was all about, like, the top receivers, and DJ Moore was at the top of the list. <laughs> I mean, everything is just – I feel like everything is meant to be next year for DJ Moore. I think that you'll really see him break out. And then I move on to Devontae Parker, who is just being undervalued so much. I mean, he was – he. Towards the end of the year, he was so good. I mean, he brought fantasy teams into the playoffs, and then he carried them to wins. And I just think that that will carry over to next year. I think that Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to continue to look to Devontae Parker, depending on whether or not Tua Tagovailoa comes in. That could be better or worse, I'd say. It would be – I'd say it would be about the same, actually, because I think that Fitzpatrick and Tua would have – similar effect on the receivers but I do think that Devontae is being way too undervalued I mean he's almost going as a late end wide receiver two which I think he's one of the best wide receiver twos this year yeah I agree I do love both of these guys and DJ Moore gets an upgrade at quarterback from Kyle Allen uh, to Mm -hmm. Teddy Bridgewater so I'd be happy with DJ Moore and Devontae Parker as my wide receiver one and two I think not the best obviously but still good values and you can help other positions by waiting on these guys Mm -hmm. for later um yeah and then or well Go ahead. The third, yeah, I forgot to mention the third guy is Darius Slayton. I think that he is really going to burst onto the scene. He has a really good connection with Daniel Jones, and he's a really good deep threat. So if you can get him as your backup receiver, I think that'll be really good. Yeah, I think um, that definitely a good bench option who has breakout potential next year. And so my three, I'll start out uh, with Allen Robinson, who I absolutely love. If Allen Robinson, Allen Robinson, if you're out there listening to this show, uh, you have an invite to come on the show. It would be so fun to have you, and you're, like, one of my favorite fantasy players next year. I feel like with Mitchell Trubisky just feeding him targets, he can rack up so many receptions in that half PPR format that we cover. And then last year, he ended the season on an absolute tear, scoring touchdowns, getting tons of yards, getting tons of receptions. So I love his value, and there's really nobody else in that offense to throw to, and Allen Robinson is talented enough to take that wide receiver one workload. So I love this pick pick as a value pick. He goes behind so many people in mock drafts that I'm seeing. Like, for example, Kenny Galladay, which is a little bit justified. DJ Moore. I think But then you see guys like Amari Cooper go ahead and some other guys. And Robinson drops behind some running backs and tight ends sometimes. So you can see him dropping a few – even a few picks is all the difference it makes to get him as a mid-third rounder or an early third rounder and get a great value on your team. And, again, Allen Robinson, if you're there – you have a standing invite to come on the show. We'd love to have you. Um, but our, our next receiver is Tyler Boyd. And i all loving this Bengals offense this season. I think A.J. Green will take some of the pressure off Boyd. I think Joe Burrow will be able to find him more often. And he'll settle into a nice wide receiver two role with a solid quarterback next year. I'm really excited about that. And my third is sort of taking from Chris. It's Alan Lazard. And I know, Chris, you sort of – this is sort of your sleeper. But I still I decided that I, I agree with – I totally agree with it. And he's sort of a guy that you can find late rounds, even in the last round. Because Aaron Rodgers has said that he wants to get Lazard more involved. And the Packers really did not prioritize receiver in, last, in this year's draft. So I think that he has a pathway to success as a, a wide – maybe even a wide receiver too behind Devontae Adams. I really like that spot. Um, so, yeah, those are my three wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Um, we will move on to tight end now. And tight end, Chris, your first tight end is uh, Mark Andrews from the Ravens. 
Yeah, Mark Andrews is a guy that he was so good last year. I think he was, I think he was top three tight end. I'm pretty sure, and I don't understand why now he's going as the fourth or fifth because I don't think much has changed in that Ravens offense. I mean, he's just a really solid tight end, one of the best in the league. So I can't, I don't understand why he's being dropped and undervalued. So he's definitely a guy to look for if you're going, if you're one of those guys that likes to get one of the top tier tight ends. Yeah, I think – I know he was at least top five. He may have been, like, four. He was between three and five somewhere. And I do like Andrews. I don't know if he's necessarily a value because I think people will like those guys in Lamar Jackson's offense possibly just a bit too much, which we'll talk about with a wide receiver later. But I think that Mark Andrews is still a good player, and he might be a guy you can get at a regular draft ADP or regular draft value and get a pretty good pick. I don't know if I would call him a value, though. But although I do like this, uh, this selection in general, my first value is Austin Hooper. And I think that what's keeping him down is mainly the la- possible not breakout potential from Baker Mayfield, maybe bogging him down. But I think a quality tight end is just what Baker Mayfield needs. And Austin Hooper put up big numbers last year in Atlanta. So I think if he goes to Cleveland, he could become maybe the third target, maybe even the second target eventually, because he's just that kind of guy who can soak up targets. And with other receivers in the offense, Odo Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry, they'll create more opportunities for him. And I think he's been going undervalued in mock drafts and early drafts. So I think that I like him as a breakout next year. Um, and Chris, so who's your number two tight end breakout? My number two is Hunter Henry, and he's a guy that I've really seen fall. I mean, Philip Rivers loves to look to, or never mind, Philip Rivers isn't in the Chargers anymore. But uh, <laughs> Hunter Henry's really a, a guy that I like. I think that he's just a solid tight end. I don't think he's too quarterback that's dependent, though. I think Philip Rivers did help. I think he's just a guy that's really following. I mean, he's not really a guy that's recognized by a lot of people as a top tight end. But I do think that he has the skill to be one. I don't necessarily love the situation he's in, but the skill puts him through as a value for me. Yeah, I feel like I might have to disagree with you on this a little bit. And I guess it's not – I said breakouts. It's mainly just values, but I guess you could call him a breakout too. But I would have to disagree mainly because, first off, his injury risk. I feel like he had two big injuries, one on his – I think it was his ACL that took out an entire season, and then he missed the start of this season um, with another injury. So I think that his injury risk could be bad. And even though Phillip Rivers throws to tight ends, Henry didn't get the most targets. So while I feel like he's borderline, maybe top 10 for me, I think he's number 11 in my rankings right now. I just think that he is – I don't know if Tyrod Taylor or Justin Herbert will give him the same value that a tight end happy Phillip Rivers will. And uh, we're on video seeing each other, and Chris is waving random things in this – in his video screen to try to distract me while I'm giving analysis. (laughs) But um, yeah, Hunter yeah. Henry, borderline top 10 tight end for me. I don't know if I love him next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my next tight end is Dallas Goddard, who I've talked about a lot. And even though with the addition of Jalen Rager and obviously Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey returning from injuries, I think that Goddard could still get enough targets in that offense to be relevant. And I think that because of the good target share that he had last year, he was actually catching a lot of passes. And so I think that even though – even if the pa- – the reception number goes down, I think that could still set him up as a solid backup. And because of the addition of Rager, I think people are dropping him too far in drafts and you can get him as a good value. Mm -hmm. So we'll go to defense and kicker. We've got one each. And uh, Chris, you can go first. Uh, Who is your defense and your kicker uh, value next year? 
So at defense, I've got the Tennessee Titans, and I do actually really like that secondary. I think Kevin Byard is a guy that's one of the top uh, safeties in the league. I mean, he's really skilled, and he really showed it in the playoffs. And I think that this team is just a team that you don't really think of as that defensive team, but I think that their defense is really what – I mean, I'd say Derrick Henry carried them, but I think that that defense really helped in a big way and having them make that playoff run. And I think that carries over to next year. I think they've got the confidence to perform, and I really like some of the players on there. Yeah, that's that's sort of a defense you can get in, like, the last round. So it's basically free, and if it doesn't work out, which I think it will work out, even if it doesn't, it doesn't really cost you much. But I like the pickup, and I like the pick. You could take him in the last round basically for free. You have a defense that's quality and that doesn't cost you much, and that's always what people are looking for. So um, I've got the Baltimore Ravens as my breakout defense. And I think they were very good next year, but they'll take it to the next level. Patrick Queen was a nice draft pick to replace C.J. Mosley. I really loved that pick there. And I just think that um, they'll, they'll t- be able to take it to the next level, be able to become an elite defense. And because of defenses like the 49ers and the Steelers, the Ravens might go slightly undervalued in drafts. So it's not the best value. I like them, and I think they're a little bit of a value coming up next year that you can get a little later than the top-tier defenses. Um, yeah, I agree. So, Chris, who have you got at kicker? At kicker, I've got Zane Gonzalez, and this was the easiest value for me to choose. I mean, <laughs> he is just so undervalued. I mean, he was so good last year, and now you have the addition of DeAndre Hopkins, and I think Kyler Murray is going to be really good. So I still can't understand why people consistently pick him, not even in the top five and or six uh, kickers, and that's just crazy to me. Yeah, he's a great breakout along with the entire Cardinals offense. I get uh, Young Wei Ku, and uh, I had to look up how to pronounce his name. Sorry, Young Wei Ku, uh, about that. But I think I believe I got it right. Um, I think I like that potential in the Falcons offense. He finished the season strong as a kicker, getting a lot of field goals. And with the addition of Todd Gurley, the Falcons will be better at moving the ball down the field next year. I think losing Austin Hooper hurts, but replacing with Hayden Hurst isn't too bad. And I think Todd Gurley could offset that. And so Young Hwe Ku is, a, I think, a guy that can offset possibly not the best offensive performance. And if he gets better offensive performance, it's even better for me. And he's sort of a guy you can get in the last round as well. And mm-hmm. now we're going to move on to the worst values. Bum, this is going to be bum. fun. All these guys that we do not like. And I'm scanning this list right now, and it's, uh, I don't Ugh. like looking at it. It's, it's a nasty list. It's, it's really bad. Yeah, I do not like looking at it right now. Um, so, Chris, we'll start with you, uh, as always. Your worst quarterback value this year. Oh, it scares me to even say the names. Got Deshaun Watson here and Carson Wentz, two guys that are just way overvalued. I mean, I saw Deshaun Watson in the ESPN rankings. I don't mean to bash the ESPN rankings, but he was like – they were having him as like a top three or four – quarterback I mean like above Russell Wilson I'm just like how I mean he just lost DeAndre Hopkins it makes no sense to me so this is a really strange value and I think a lot of people are gonna fall into the trap of thinking that Deshaun Watson was good last year so he's gonna be good this year but that's totally not the case I think without the weapons he's not gonna be a very good fantasy I mean he'll be a solid guy but I don't think he's gonna be nearly as good as he was last year yeah, I think, um, by the way, those ESPN projections, not necessarily the rankings. Mm-hmm. So we're not bashing your ESPN experts or your experts ESPN. If any of your experts want to come on the show, that'd be perfectly fine with us. Yeah, um, per- perfectly fine. Yeah, we'd, we'd be fine with it. We would accept it. We would um, accept any ESPN ex- expert on the show or any fantasy expert. If you want to come on the show, 
contact us at secondandgoalfantasy at gmail.com. Um, I don't know how they're going to hear this because we're not that big yet. But um, if anybody out there knows a fantasy expert and can get them on our show, we would love that. And we would be forever grateful. And we would also accept it. Yeah, we're totally, we're totally not begging for a fantasy expert to come on. Yeah, we would grudgingly accept um, any fantasy expert with the utmost gratitude. So my uh, worst QB values, and one of them's not too bad of a value, but I think the other one is going to go overdrafted again is Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is not the same player that he was for fantasy five years ago. And because the Packers neglected to add wide receivers, instead drafting guys like Jordan Love and A.J. Dillon, who aren't going to make too much of a fantasy impact, I think that's not going to help Rodgers. He's obviously aging another year. He's less and less durable. And because of name value, he's going to go too high. He's a guy that you should just flat out avoid. The other worst value is Kyler Murray. And he's not a guy you should flat out avoid. It's just that I feel like he's going a little bit overvalued just because of the acquisition of DeAndre Hopkins. At the end of last season, he wasn't too great, I don't think. He was His numbers sort of dropped off. And so – Murray, with Hopkins, I still like him. Definitely a top six QB for me for sure. But I just think that he might go a little bit too high and the weapons might be a little bit overvalued. His rushing ability obviously still keeps him afloat. But I would be a little bit cautious when looking at Kyler Murray in your drafts. Mm -hmm. And, oh, my, when I look at Chris's RB list, I just can't stand it. I mean, one of them I sort of – I might disagree a little bit. But the other two, it's just, oh, my goodness – Chris, so Ugh. we will let you have the floor. Yeah, this might be the, the worst uh, running back tandem that you could have on a fantasy team. I've got Le'Veon Bell, David Montgomery, and Boston Scott. Oh, goodness. I mean, Le'Veon Bell, two words. Not really words. Two Le'Veon two, Bell. Two first name and last name. Adam Gase. Oh, That's yes. the biggest explanation I have. I mean, the Jets coach has not had a good reputation of being – a guy that supports fantasy value, fantasy relevance, or fantasy points. So or, you can't uh, really trust a running back. in the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, in anything is what we're trying to say. If, if you're but, playing pinball, um, don't let Adam Gase take over. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. Obviously, Adam Gase is surely a nice guy. Um, we apologize. If you're listening to this show, we say that a lot now. If Adam Gase, if you're listening to this show, um, uh, uh, don't listen to the show. No, but I'm just the, the we we know you're probably you're definitely a nice guy, and this is not a disrespect to you as a person. We just think that as as a head coach, he's not. I don't think he he hasn't the performed best. well yet. yet. Yet, yeah. Well, except with Peyton Manning, but oh, okay, <laughs> uh, that's yeah. Peyton Manning. Uh, yeah. but yeah, Le- Le'Veon Bell. That's pretty much the biggest explanation. Mm-hmm. But I want to hear what you have to say about Dave Montgomery and Boston Scott. Yeah, so those are my two other guys. David Montgomery, I mean, he was expected to be a solid guy last year. He was just so inconsistent, couldn't get touchdowns. I mean, it's just not a – it's an awful situation. I mean, the Bears have no offensive line, no quarterback, only one good receiver in Allen Robinson. And so I don't know how you can trust a running back there. I mean, he was was supposed to be good last year, like I said, and he just was awful. I mean – I don't understand how people can value him as high as he's going. And, I mean, I think people understand that he's not going to be good, but they still have him just a little bit too high. So I have him as one of my worst values. Yeah, it's just the yards per carry is brutal. And if you're looking for a start in running back and he's dropped a little, consider him fine. 
but I just think that he'll be a little bit overvalued next year mm-hmm. as well. But uh, I disagree yeah. with the pick of Boston, Scott. So I want to hear what you have to say about that, and I want to see if you're going to persuade me. Yeah, I don't think that he's the – I don't think that he's the answer to that Philadelphia Eagles backfield question. I just feel like – I mean, he played well in the playoffs, but there's just not – a big enough sample size for me to trust where he's going at the moment. So that's my biggest reason for it. I do think that there's a chance that he could do really well, but at the moment I think I'm pretty low on him. Well, I mean, I don't think of Boston Scott as a starter. I think he's being drafted around where the top handcuffs are, and I think that's fine because of his ability in the pass-catching game, which is might hurt Miles Sanders a little in the upcoming season. I think he's getting some touches, sort of like a Latavius Murray type. And if Miles Sanders, who hasn't really handled that big of a workload for too long, gets hurt, Boston Scott's a good guy that I like to step in, and I think he'll be pretty efficient next year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually like him not as a value, but as a guy you can get at ADP, at average draft position. And my mm-hmm. first um, bad RB value was Alvin Kamara. And I just feel like, yes, Alvin Kamara had major touchdown regression last year, and that's going to change. His touchdowns are going to rise for sure. But I just feel like with Taysom Hill in that offense, with Latavius Murray in that offense, Michael Thomas, uh, obviously, they added Emmanuel Sanders. They added Adam Troutman to go with Jared Cook, who is a red zone target. There's just so many guys that you can find in the end zone. And Alvin Kamara, with his limited touches, may not be the first or second option they go to in the end zone, unfortunately. Maybe maybe the second, but chipped into by Murray and Hill. Um, and I think Cook is definitely an option there. But the point is, the touchdowns will get spread around so much that I feel like with his limited touches, he may not be able to overcome that purely with yards. Um, also, another guy that I don't like as a value, Melvin Gordon. And I think that Melvin Gordon, I do. he's a good player. He'll get some carries. I just think he won't get as many carries as people like because Philip Lindsay is too talented to be left out of that offense. Mm-hmm. Last guy, Daryl Henderson. Um, Cam Akers, obviously, the Rams draft in the second round. They clearly have big plans for him. Henderson was not too efficient last year. And so I think coming into this year, I would expect Akers to eventually take over the backfield. And anyway, anyway, even if he doesn't, I don't really like a timeshare with a guy who has already not been too efficient. I do okay. like Akers next year, though, a little bit. Um, okay. We'll go to our worst wide receiver value. So, Chris, who you got here? Yeah, my first one is Odo Beckham Jr. And this isn't necessarily a guy that I don't like. I mean, I think he'll have a solid season, but I think his name recognition is keeping him up. I mean, just the name OBJ makes you want to draft him. I mean, he's so iconic for that big catch when he was back when he was with the Giants. But I just don't think that his that 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 Baker Mayfield is enough to support him and keep him as a fantasy relevant guy like he was with the Giants. But I do think that he's still a solid guy. Yeah, I do like him as a solid guy. You're right. The name recognition is going to vault him up. I've seen some rankings putting him top 10, even top five, which is kind of crazy for me. I feel like he could be a guy that maybe gets into the wide receiver one tier. He's got a chance at sort of reemerging, but I think it's too far too risky to rank him like number five wide receiver mm-hmm. when there's at least seven guys, definitely more for me, that I would definitely put ahead of him for sure. Like, for sure, I would put ahead of him probably like 11 guys. And uh, I have put uh, more ahead of him in my rankings. Um, although he has the chance for a breakout, I just don't love that. I don't think it's a big enough chance to put him too high. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris, your next one, Deontay Johnson? Yeah, so this is a Steelers wide receiver. And I don't really like any of them next year. I know, Calvin, on your list, you have a another Steelers wide receiver spoiler. But uh, – 
I just Deontay Johnson, like, who even is that? I mean, like, no offense. If Deontay Johnson's watching the show, no, just just kidding. But I just like Ben Roethlis. Ben Roethlisberger is coming back from an injury. He's not going to really be able to support a fantasy relevant receiver, in my opinion. I just he's a guy that I'm seeing up there, and I'm like almost forgetting who he is. I'm like, who even is that? So for that reason, I just put him as a low value or as a guy that's overvalued. I think Deontay Johnson, if you are listening to the show, uh, this is not a slight against your talent that you're undervalued. <laughs> I just feel like that since you're a wide receiver too, um, I mean, you're wide receiver too, but competing with James Washington in a not very prolific passing offense. I mean, obviously Roethlisberger was hurt, but he's aged so much. He's very inconsistent. I don't know if Juju with Juju in, he could attract double teams, but I feel like it's and one of the reasons I put him in my list uh, as wide receiver bad values is I don't know if he's the type of guy who can handle a double team completely. And I he think he's very talented, Juju, if you're listening to the show. Uh, I need to really – Okay, we got we to gotta stop the <laughs> if you're, to the Guys, show. if you're listening to the show, Deshaun Watson, Carson Wentz, Aaron Rodgers, Kyler Murray, Le'Veon Bell, David Montgomery, Boston Scott. Um, No, but if Ju- – I was talking about Deontay Johnson. I'll get back to that. I, feel, I just feel like Deontay Johnson, I do like him as a guy who could maybe get some targets, but because of the competition between James Washington, I feel like his draft his draft um, spot right now in mock drafts is a little bit too high for me. Um, so, and yeah, I guess for Juju, he is he's not necessarily, he's got an inconsistent quarterback, not the, maybe the best for attracting double teams since he is really the only wide receiver there who, is like a star and so I don't know if he'll be able to handle the double teams and that, I think that was part of the reason why his projection regressed last year mm-hmm. um so Chris I know you've got Debo Samuel as your last uh wide receiver bad value yeah Debo Samuel he's a guy that consistently gets overvalued I mean he's just I think people saw a little bit of a spark in the run game in the playoffs but when have we ever seen a running a receiver that's almost more known for his ability to run than his ability to pass catch be fantasy relevant. So I just can't see anything working out with him in fantasy. I mean, he, I think he's talented. I just think that the lack of targets is my main issue mm-hmm. because there are going to be games when the 49ers just run the ball the whole time and P- Debo owners are going to be upset because they're going to be like, why did he have two catches for 20 yards? He's so good. But that's the thing. He d- never is going to get that many targets. And I don't know if he'll be able to overcome that with deep catches. And I think, um, he is really the only, I mean, they drafted Brandon Ayuk. So I guess he gets another guy to sort of take off the pressure, but that could also act as another guy to take targets from him. His rushing mm-hmm. ability makes him pretty good, but I think people are going to be too infatuated with his results in the Super Bowl. Um, so yeah, I think I'm my last two last, uh, my last two wide receivers last names um, are both Brown. It's AJ Brown and Marquise Brown for bad values. And I think that AJ Brown, he's while I think, since I'm predicting regression of Ryan Tannehill, I think I have to predict regression of A.J. Brown, too. While I like Ryan Tannehill still, and I don't think the regression will impact his value too much, I think that if his touchdowns go down, A.J. Brown doesn't score the most touchdowns either, and his targets might decrease. I do like him, but he's sort of another guy where it's like, oh, Beckham, insane breakout who people are drafting very high, in my opinion, too high for me. So I would avoid him in your drafts. The other guy, Marquise Brown who didn't really put up great numbers, even as Lamar Jackson's number one. They obviously added Devin DuVernay. They plan to use Miles Boykin more this season. So I think that 
um, with Marquise Brown not getting the most targets, he might have the occasional blow-up game. But obviously they added J.K. Dobbins as well. So that's more carries that theoretically are going to go to the ground. And while Lamar Jackson said he's going to pass more this year, that's what the Ravens said last year. And that nothing changed really. So I think Marquise Brown, it will be an inconsistent Sean Jackson type of guy who's going to be overvalued because people are going to see Lamar Jackson's number one wide receiver and get uh, too happy about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, A.J. Brown's a guy that I'm going to have to disagree. I think he's actually a good value. I'd be happy with finding him on my team as a wide receiver too. I do think that he's actually being undervalued just because he did so well last year. And he's a guy similar to Devontae Parker who really showed up at the end of the season. And I think he's going to be the Titans' number one receiver. And, I mean, I think Ryan Tannehill, I already said I like him. And I just like that whole offense. So I think that uh, A.J. Brown carries more value than some people are giving him. Yeah, it's just, I'm, I'm going to just have to disagree. We're going to have to agree to disagree on this one because it's, I feel like he's getting too much value already. Um, I wonder how many times we've said value in this episode. And uh, if you're listening to the show, um, if you're listening to the show, AJ Brown, you are very talented. I just don't know if you'll get the targets. Yes, you are, AJ. You're you're a very good, talented receiver. You'll be very good. Don't worry. Yeah, you know, you are a very talented receiver. I just think that people are like making you like way too overvalued. And I think you'll be a star in the NFL. Just I think people are treating you, AJ Brown, as a Marquise Brown, but then you're <laughs> really gonna be. A Julio Jones. So a Julio Jones Brown. He tries to think of a la- into wide receiver with the last name of Brown. Uh, you're going to be Antonio Brown. Yeah, next thing uh, we know, AJ Brown is emailing me to do an interview with him and not Calvin. I was going to say, next thing we know, AJ Brown becomes Antonio Brown, suddenly demands a trade, gets released <laughs> by his team for helmet issues, and then all the off-field issues start. Um, don't, don't, AJ don't Brown, worry, AJ. please. Calvin is not. crazy. He doesn't know what he's talking. Do about. not, do not um, start off field issues. You have a great career coming, and if you want to come on the show, you can because I think you're talented. I just don't love your fantasy value. For I tight don't. end, um, <laughs> fantasy value in drafts for tight end. Uh, I've got Zach Ertz as my first one, and this is sort of a guy who is going to just go a couple spots too high consistently mm-hmm. because first of all, Dallas Goddard is there. And I can't have – Dallas Goddard's target share is always going to be underestimated just because he's technically behind Zach Ertz on the depth chart. But he's going to steal targets. And with the addition of Jalen Rager, with uh, Alshon Jeffrey coming back, with Deshaun Jackson coming back, that just takes more and more targets from him. Miles Sanders and Boston Scott will be getting the ball a lot. Boston Scott, especially in the passing game. So I think Ertz is going to be a guy who consistently goes a couple spots too low. If you're listening to this show, Zach Ertz, you are underused. It's just for the fact that you guys have two talented tight ends. And so you can't really uh, produce fantasy numbers quite like what fantasy managers will want. Mm -hmm. And so, oh, shoot. Oh, no. That was your your value. (laughs) Or your your bad value. Sorry about that. You can take one of mine. You have your pick of my two. I think we both have Zach Ertz as a a bad value. Uh, For Calvin, I'm going to steal Noah Fant. Uh, Noah Fant is just really a guy that is going to struggle this year. I mean, Drew Locke is not a good quarterback. Sorry. No offense to Luke, who we had last week on a show on the show, who's a Broncos fan. But no offense, just doesn't have much value. And I don't – I can't trust anyone in that Broncos offense too much with Drew Locke at quarterback, including those all those wide receivers that they have. I mean, you might think that they have a star-studded receiver core. One of them is going to be great. But I just – I can't exactly pinpoint who that might be, and I'm not even sure if one of them will be. Yeah, I pretty much agree with everything you said. It's just uh, 
I, I did want to talk about Noah Fant, but it serves me right for accidentally stealing Zach Ertz from you. <laughs> uh, so you get to go. You go with your other t- tight end uh, worst value. My other guy is Tyler Higby, but I actually really like Tyler Higby. It's just he's being overvalued in like a ton. I mean, he's a really good guy that I actually thought I would like. Like I like him as a guy. I think that he's really going to have a much better season than he did last year. But he's being treated as like he's some kind of a royalty, like he's a top five tight end. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm sorry. You can't have the guy all the way up to a top five tight end. I still think that he's a top maybe eight, I could say, but not a top five. Yeah, is there's just so much risk involved. And I would love to think that he's going to be a top five tight end because of his end of the season. And if certainly he keeps up those numbers, he is a top five tight end for me. Just, I don't know if he will be able to. I think he's firmly established his position over Gerald Everett, and I think that he will leave – Gerald Everett will leave after his final year next year. Um, but I still think that he is going a little bit overvalued. My other guy, Rob Gronkowski, and I've got a whole article on him on the site. Rob Gronkowski, very great player, very good fantasy talent. It's just that name recognition is going to shoot him up draft boards. It's like, oh, Gronk reuniting with Tom Brady. Remember those days when Gronk went back into the first round? Ooh, perfect mm-hmm. draft pick. So it's like that's sort of the dialogue that I predict will be going on between draft managers. So I feel like he's going to be um, overvalued this next year. Rob Gronkowski, if you're listening to this show, you've had a great career. You're a surefire Hall of Famer in my mind. <laughs> it's just that your fantasy value with so many targets in that offense plus the name recognition is not going to be so great. And let's face it, you haven't been the most durable lately. So love the talent, love the career. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't like the durability or the yeah. possible lack of targets. I think we're going to have to title this episode, Calvin, Player X, if you're listening to this, dot, dot, dot. I think that's going to that's gonna be the new title of this show, Player X, if you're listening to this, dot, dot, dot. Yeah, if the title, the title of the show was originally going to be something like Best and Worst Value, Star Wars Character Mock Draft, which um, I spoiled the last part of our show. But I think I might have to make it Player X, if you're listening to this, dot, dot, dot. And if you obviously are listening to this, um, Listener X, um, you know what the title is. I have not decided what to make it yet. You know what I did, and I do not. So, um, but Rob Gronkowski, yeah, it's just, I feel like he might find a rapport with Tom Brady, and he might have a resurgence in the twilight of his career, but the injury risk is too much, and mainly the draft position, average draft position is too much for me. So we'll go to defense and kicker, and Chris, you'll start, you start so that I don't steal yours. Uh, Who's your overvalued defense uh Calvin's not gonna like this one but it's the Pittsburgh Steelers I just think that they're going as the number one defense right now and I think the 49ers are the de- are the number one defense so it's, it's as simple as that I think at the moment though most of the defense are defenses are slotted in the position that they should be yeah I, it's, it's pretty good and I like I like that my defense pick is only a slight overvalued I'm gonna go with the 49ers so I'm gonna come at it I think the 49ers are going as a number one defense a lot when the Steelers really should be Let's face it, Javon Kinlaw, 14th pick, defensive tackle. He's not DeForest Buckner, who left, obviously, to the Colts. And he is a great player. Javon Kinlaw, if you're listening to this show, we love your talent. And we think you have the chance to be a great NFL player. In fact, we drafted you pretty high in our uh, NFL draft round one mock, which you can listen to a couple episodes ago. But I don't think he's not the type of guy who can replace DeForest Buckner just yet. And so... I think that the San Francisco 49ers are going to be a little bit overvalued. And the Pittsburgh Steelers may be a little bit undervalued um, for me, although I said the Ravens is my undervalue. I think the Steelers, could you could sneak them as a number two te- uh, defense. And, yes, they are going as the number one defense a lot, but I think that's a worthwhile selection. 
Mm -hmm. Um, So we'll go to kicker. Chris, who you got here? At kicker, I think the main thing that you're looking for in a kicker, obviously you're looking for consistency, but the biggest thing you're looking at is how good is the offense. So it kind of surprises me when I've been seeing Matt Gay going as the number one kicker because he's just, he's not, I mean, the the Bucks offense is going to be really good next year, but it's not going to be the best offense in the league. And I mean, Matt Gay has been a solid guy, but I can't see you slotting him way ahead of people like Harrison Butker, Will Lutz, and Justin Tucker. It just it doesn't make sense to me, so I have him as an overvalue. Yeah, I feel like your attacks, um, your attacks on where people are drafting him are just based on. I mean, the ESPN projections, yes, have Matt Gay as the number one kicker for some reason. That could be a mistake, but I feel like I don't know if he's going yeah, as the number one kicker. I, I feel like, but I and I still think that people are going to be overvaluing him though, not just the ESPN projections because Tom Brady is now in Tampa, so they think, oh, Tampa Bay is going to have the best offense in the league and. Matter of fact, I mean, the, the Patriots didn't even have the best offense in the league with Tom Brady, so I don't understand how you could expect that in a Bucks offense. But Yeah, and like Mike Clay, who does the ESPN projections, if you're listening to this show, it's an interesting angle to take, and I can see it. I just respectfully disagree, and I understand because I do like that offense a lot. It's just, um, and I know maybe you have some complicated algorithm, and it maybe doesn't reflect what you truly think, but I just think that it's an interesting angle, but maybe not the angle I would take. And I did like Matt Gay until all those weapons started being added. So I feel like he's going to be a guy who I can't get at value anymore. And uh, my, this is a slight under overvalue, is Justin Tucker. So Justin Tucker, part of the Lamar Jackson offense, most well-known kicker in the league, the guy who's the best kicker in the league in terms of talent. But when you look at the stats of 2018 fantasy points, Harrison Butker, number one with 166, Will Lutz second with 163. Justin Tucker was third with 153, and that was in this season with Lamar Jackson just being insanely prolific. So I think he's being drafted as far and away the number one kicker, which surprises me because if anything, they should be about even. And I feel like you're not getting a good value if you're drafting Justin Tucker around before all the other kickers are going. So I don't really like that pick. Um, Okay, that's it for the uh, best and worst values. And We're going to move on to the best section. This is going to be a fun one. Star Wars character mock draft. So we have got four rounds coming for you. Uh, It's sort of a snake draft. Chris has the first pick. He also has the last pick. And it'll be a snake draft. So each uh, each of us get to pick four Star Wars characters. And this is not about football. We're just going to have them battle, theoretically. And see, we're going to decide whose is better. And so we're going to try to draft the best Star Wars team, the most great Star Wars, most great, most great grammar. Um, most great Star Wars uh, characters. And if any Star Wars characters are listening to this show, then I just think, uh, oh, don't feel bad if you get left off, obviously. Um, Yoda. Yoda is clearly listening to this show. Um, yeah. Well, we're but, not going to leave Yoda off. Yeah, I know. Yoda. That, that segues <laughs> into the number one <laughs> in the Star Wars character mock draft. Yes. So- Yoda. With 800 years learning the force under his belt. Yoda steps into the league. is just a <laughs> fine guy. I mean, he has such prowess and control over the entire empire. He's just going to lead Chris's Star Wars team to a victory. Yeah, by the way, this um, I already said this. Just to make it clear, it's not football. It's just um, we're battling. But I think Yoda is a respectable pick. I feel like um, this, is, this might be my favorite show ever. The value section, if you're listening to this show, then we got Yoda here, 
we're disrespecting some people, but we're going to leave some people off. They're going to be disrespected. Yoda is not being disrespected, although I feel like he's not Yoda, the number one pick. Yoda for president. <laughs> yes, Yoda, if you were alive. And if you're listening to this show, we encourage you. Of course he's alive. Calvin. <laughs> if, you're, if you're alive, if you're, oh, geez. If you're alive and if you're listening to this show, um, you, you have my permission to run for president. Um, but my, that's not my first pick overall. I would say the number one pick is Darth Sidious. I feel like Darth Sidious nearly defeated Yoda in a battle in Revenge of the Sith. Like nearly, 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 but nearly. Yes. But he has slash Emperor Palpatine, obviously he's got his Sith lightning. He's, I feel like he's just as powerful as Yoda as the force with the force but he's got this overpowered Sith lightning that can just zap people and like electrocute them to the ground. So Nearly. I feel like he's the number one pick for me. And um, so that's, that's a good start for each team. I've got another pick coming up and I think I'm just going to have to go Darth, Darth Vader with this one, Darth mm. Vader. And ever since Anakin was a kid, we knew that he had such strong force power. It was extraordinary. Yoda said it himself. Your number one pick, Chris said it himself. So I think that he's just so good with the force and he's like, in, he can just sense it. He's it's like in his veins more than like any other Jedi. I would think besides Yoda. So I think Darth Vader is the clear pick here. I'm happy with my team. I got Darth Sidious and Vader. You've got Yoda, Chris, and you're on the clock for two picks. Well, Calvin, I know how you're saying Darth Sidious nearly beat Yoda. Nearly. You know who else nearly beats Darth Vader? <laughs> I mean, no, no. You know who Darth Vader nearly beats? Luke Skywalker, welcome to the team, buddy. He <laughs> killed his own dad. That takes some bravery, even if his dad was trying to kill him. But, I mean, Luke Skywalker, he's the face of Star Wars. He's just the best character. And he's just, I mean, I guess I get the good guys, you get the bad guys, and good guys always win. So, yeah, that's, that's the problem. That's the reasoning for this Luke Skywalker. Well, I feel like Luke is just like, I mean, obviously Darth Vader wanted him to kill him. After he got good again, he was like, take off my mask, and he did. And Luke didn't want to, but he did. But I guess you are you calling that a brave act for killing your father? Yes. All right. So his Luke, bravery will lead. Luke, if you're listening to this show, um, we are proud of your bravery, and we know your dad wanted you to do it. But like, really? I mean, you you and Darth Vader could have lived in harmony. I guess your dad made you do it, though, so it's not really your fault. But um, yeah. Hopefully, you're listening to the show. Uh, but let's see. So Chris, you got another pick, though. So you've got Yoda and Luke. Who are you gonna add? Hmm. Let's see here. Stalling. Hmm. Just a disclaimer. I'm not the, the brightest Star Wars guy, so don't get too mad at me if I mess this pick up. This is a tough one. I mean... Oh, I'm looking at this list of names and some of the people I'm liking. I'm liking some of these dark side guys. I'm liking like Kylo Ren and Darth Maul and, you know, but, and Boba Fett, oh, man, but I think I am gonna have to go with Rey, I mean, Rey is just, she's a powerhouse, I mean, she can just, she's like the new Luke, she's the new Luke pretty much, and I mean, I think Luke and Rey will be best friends, so... I think that'll work out really well. They'll have great chemistry. All the players on my team have great chemistry. Yoda, Ray, Luke. I mean, they would, they're all going to live, or not live, they're all going to win in harmony. 
And so I think Rey, she's harnessed all the powers of all the Jedi. She's learned so much. So she gets the fourth overall or fifth overall pick in this draft. Yeah, I love that these two picks got, got back to me. I'm going for pure power. I don't care about chemistry. And that's why I have one Jedi and three Sith on my team. I'm going to pick Mace Windu. Mace Windu would have killed Darth Sidious if Anakin hadn't stepped in and betrayed him. I feel like this is the best pick. Mace Windu is one of the best Jedi. He's probably the best, in my opinion, behind Yoda. And while Luke and Rey have, like, courage, obviously Mace Windu has courage. Mace Windu, if you're listening to this show, don't, um, we don't doubt your courage. Obviously, Luke and Rey have done amazing things, but Mace Windu is just, like, so powerful. It's one of the best Jedi, most powerful Jedi, in my opinion. He's purple, purple lightsaber is so iconic. And I'll end it with Darth Maul. Darth Maul had a, an exit, early exit, in the... Um, first movie uh, after Obi-Wan killed him, but he was one of the best Sith. Obviously, they're only, they can only have two Sith at a time. He was a Sith apprentice, which means he was one of the best fighters in the land. He was being trained under Darth Sidious, and I'm happy with this pick. He was strong with the Force as well. So my team rounds out Darth Sidious, Darth Vader, uh, Mace Windu, and Darth Maul. And Chris, you've got one pick left before we close. you, Calvin, but we might have to extend this a few rounds. I mean, are you, do you want to extend uh, it? Hmm. Yeah, actually, why don't we extend it to six rounds? Okay. You want to do that? This is a long yeah. episode, but let's extend it. I don't. I don't care. If you yeah. if you can stop listening, if you want, and you no, anyone who's no, listening, you are you forced st- to stay. No, you must stay. You're not forced to stay because it's you don't have to listen to the whole thing. It matters if you download it, and we hope you enjoy it. But if it's getting a little long for you, there's no reason to torture yourself. No reason to get any ill will towards this podcast that is not deserved. So I guess if we're going six rounds, Chris, you've got uh, two picks now. So who have you got? Okay, I'm going to go with Boba Fett here, who I really like. And then I'm going to go with, oh, I was about to say someone, but then I looked at some of the other names. Mm. Man, I really need some more Star Wars knowledge. I'm going to go with Obi-Wan Kenobi, the trainer of Luke Skywalker. So obviously, if he trained Luke, then he must be better than luke so that's a great <laughs> value pick and well uh obi-wan he's he's kind of the old guy the wise, or well actually yoda is the ultimate wise guy but obi-wan is the wisest human all right sounds good but guess what you said obi-wan trained luke so that makes him better guess who trained obi-wan Qui-Gon Jinn, Jedi Master, oh, no. who died early in the first movie, but I still love this pick for me. I'm glad he got back. He's very powerful. He trained one of the best Jedi ever in Obi-Wan, mm-hmm. so I'm best really Jedi happy to ever. get him. Yep. And then, oh, okay. this is a la- tough last pick. I've got a couple of options. I kind of want to take Chewbacca here, but I know i got to go with Count Dooku. I believe he's got Sith Lightning as well. I think uh, he, he, he had to get... Uh, who was he fighting? He was fighting... Anakin, I believe, and then he got to get saved by Yoda in episode two, I'm pretty sure. But Count Dooku, Sith Lightning, he was a Sith apprentice until he got removed, obviously. And so it's, he's such a powerful person and um, not as powerful as Darth Vader, but it, I, I like it as a late round pick. And so Chris, now here's your actual last pick. So this pick is not going to come as a surprise to many. He is the brains of the operation for my team. C-3PO. That's not coming as a surprise to many? (laughs) Just kidding. C-3PO is basically the greatest Star Wars character of all time. He's the brains of the operation. He knows what he's doing. He's the wisest guy out there. And his voice will just... It'll 
<laughs> empower my team to the victory. I feel like he, he knows like over 2 million languages, doesn't he? So that could mm-hmm. be useful if you need to communicate with foreign countries. But yeah. <laughs> um, so don't they, worry, Calvin, your, your, t- your team may be stronger, but my team can com- communicate with foreign countries. All right. <laughs> so that'll round out the teams. Um, we'd love to hear your thoughts on who you think team is better. My team is Darth Sidious, Darth Vader, Qui-Gon Jinn, Darth Maul, Count Dooku, and uh, wait, why am I forgetting? I'm blanking. Mace Windu. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then Chris has got a Yoda, Luke Skywalker, Rey, Boba Fett, C-3PO, and Obi-Wan Kenobi. So email us at secondandgoldfantasy at gmail.com. Or you can, yeah, or you can comment on Podbean who you think team, whose team was better. We will possibly read that. I mean, I don't know. We'll look at it. We'll decide if we're going to read it. Probably. Yeah, secondandgoldfantasy.podbean.com. If you want to comment, you can also email us, obviously, secondandgoldfantasy at gmail.com. You can also email us there at that email. Um, if you have any questions about fantasy football, those could be included in our listener mailbag episodes. Uh, make sure to rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Um, make sure to keep downloading Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen. Um, make sure to check out the website. It's got some good articles and rankings. Sites.google.com slash view slash second goal fantasy. I love this episode. I think this was my favorite. And uh, Chris comes back mm-hmm. and waving things in my camera again. This was probably my favorite episode we've ever done. Um, yeah, this was a really fun one. Yeah, episode 10, the numbering in Apple Podcasts is off by two for some reason. So it says episode 12. It is episode 10. Um, thanks so much, guys, for listening. We really appreciate it. And we love coming on. And we're going to co- try to come on every Monday uh, until the season starts. We will see you guys next time.